Hey everybody, welcome to the Greg and Dave Show, episode 39. Yes sir, season two. Ooh. I think Apple, is Apple the only one that does that? They can put down ones, I don't know, anyway. Hey, I want to apologize uh, because, this thing is close. I want to apologize because the, the sound <laughs> on the last couple of them, I think, was like, I'm in one ear and days in the other ear so wow dude that's anyway i finally got that figured out little button on there that you anyway so i think we got it straight this time both of us should be heard out of both ear i mean both yeah for both ears if you have headphones or both speakers so anyway thank you for your patience really do thank you for that as we learn and grow so Continue to reach out to us at the Greg and Dave Show at Outlook.com. The Greg Letter and Dave Show at Outlook.com. Dave's doing Dave stuff, family stuff. So we'll start right off with something Dave was talking about, this article he sent me. It's early this year, but I think it still holds value. It's called The Return to Paganism. This is by Leo Leibovitz. A 28-year-old person identifying as transgender shot up a Tennessee school in March, killing three children and three adults. With that, we know. Newspaper headline tells you about, quote, trans woman left sobbing in JFK airport after TSA agent hit her testicles, close quote. Appealing to reason hardly helps. Everywhere you turn these days, pagans are afoot busily hacking away at the Christian and Jewish foundations of American life and replacing them with a cosmology that would have been absolutely coherent to followers of, say, Votumna, the Etruscan Earth God, or those who worship the Celt tribal protectors Totaris. In the 1990s, how many of their fellow Americans practiced some form of pagan religion? Well, according to one study, about 8,000. In 2008, that rose to 340,000. And then a decade later, it's up to one and a half million Americans professing an array of pagan persuasions. This article goes on, but I just hit those highlights there. And I'm sure that y'all are like, mm hmm, yeah, yeah, been there, done that, or I'm seeing that every day at work or what, whatnot. Yeah. So, weird times. All right, this one is. IRS failing to protect sensitive taxpayer information, says a watchdog by the Epic Times, Tom Ozemek. The IRS must address critical safeguard weaknesses in order to adequately protect sensitive taxpayer information, the Government Accountability Office, or GAO, said in a report while faulting the tax agency for failing to implement 77 of its recommendations, including two that it deems high priority. Employees had a 97% completion rate across four training courses for protecting taxpayer information. That rate was less than 75% for IRS contractors. 66% of the 14,000 or so contractors who were assigned to complete the Insider Threat Awareness training course actually finished it. Two watchdog groups, GAO and the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration, or TIGTA, T-I-G-T-A, have repeatedly reported deficiencies in how the tax agency safeguards taxpayer information. Uh, 
They just need to test this out. In December 2022, IRS found it had accidentally disclosed on its website some taxpayer information that was meant to be kept confidential. And there's also some IT control deficiencies. Yeah, so that goes on and you can check that out. Well, we just got to do, do what you could do. This is like a, man, this is, this goes back to the karate teaching days. All you can do is all you can do and all you can do is enough, right? So let me say that again. All you can do is all you can do. And all you can do is enough. So basically, be diligent as much and as best to the, your ability to be diligent. And then you're going to have to trust God to work out the rest or whatever it is you're trusting in. You're just going to have to let go of it because you can't be consumed by worrying about it, right? Let's see. Uh, I think you know this. FDA has gone rogue in its approval of new COVID-19 boosters by Dr. Robert Malone, or says Dr. Robert Malone. This ET or Epic Times by Tom Ozemeck and Joshua Phillips. The FDA has gone rogue, quote-unquote, according to virologist Dr. Robert Malone, who accused the federal agency of sacrificing its own rules and regulations with its decision to recommend the latest batch of COVID-19 boosters, which only have limited clinical trial data attesting to their efficacy and safety. Quote, it's difficult to conclude anything other than the FDA is no longer feeling bound by their own rules and regulations, close quote, says Dr. Malone. The agency cleared Moderna's and Pfizer's newest mRNA vaccines without analyzing data from any human trials. There is essentially no data, a Florida Surgeon General Dr. Joseph Ladapo said at a recent news conference where he suggested that people might be better off passing on the new rounds of shots. The effectiveness of this of the vaccines turns negative over time. Quote, there's been no clinical trial done in human beings showing that it benefits people. There's been no clinical trial showing that it is safe, that it is a safe product for people. Close quote. Quote, it's, uh, it's truly irresponsible for FDA, CDC, and others to be championed, to be championing something we don't know the implications of it yet, Dr. Quote, close quote, Dr. Oladapo said. Chaos. You know what? This is also, I don't know. This is a test. This particular episode can be a test for your memory. These articles are not recent, as you may surmise. So, first of all, do you even remember these articles? They're they're not even a month old, but you know how in the news business, things are just flashing by. And this speaks to the fast food society that we live in. Not necessarily the consumption of food, but the fast information, how fast we receive information and news, hear it, Read it, understand it, and then move on to something else. How long do we retain it? Everything is so fast these days. As you can tell, everything seems to speed up. The evil in general has sped up. Injustice has sped up. The persecution of innocent people has sped up. Maybe the, the explosion, maybe this is another way to say it, the explosion of evil has sped up. Anyway, it's uh, food for thought. Armed man posing as federal agent arrested at RFK, RFK Jr. event in Los Angeles by many Nagoyan Lee and Rudy Bellach. Epic Times. Adrian Paul Aspuro, 44, was booked on a felony gun charge and was being held on $35,000 bail 
according to the L.A. County Sheriff's Department Inmate Information Center. Well, that's a mouthful. The, LAP told, the LAPD told the Epic Times it received a call around 4.30 p.m. reporting that a male, that's uh, 16.30, uh, for those in the military, that a male was in front of the event venue with a, quote, a badge on their lapel, a gun, and a shoulder holster, and claimed to be a U.S. Marshal, close quote. Mr. Espuda was arrested at 1640 by officers from the LAPD's Wilshire Station. He also was wearing a shirt that said EMS on the back of it, which is kind of odd. How many U.S. Marshals or any federal agencies run around with EMS on the back of it? How many EMS personnel or staff do you see carrying guns. Uh, it says he was wearing two shoulder holsters with loaded pistols and spare ammunition magazines, was carrying a U.S. Marshal badge on a lanyard and belt clip federal ID. In July, Mr. Kennedy Jr. said his request for Secret Service protection was denied by the Department of Homeland Security. Thanks to Alejandro Maidorcas. And as of today, uh, Mr. Kennedy Jr. still is without Secret Service protection. Why? Because he's a problem. And we don't help those that aren't helping us. Did you know about this journalist, Gonzalo Lira, who's languishing in a Ukrainian prison on allegations of spreading Russian propaganda? This throws into question the status of free speech in the supposed democracy the Biden administration argues is worthy of more tax dollar money. I guess he must be a conservative journalist because I haven't heard the psychotic left media talk about it. Uh, the Chilean embassy did more to protect his welfare than the U.S. State Department. Quote, I'm not a black lesbian druggie or a transgender grifter. Besides, Victoria Newland hates my guts. Or so I'm told, close quote. That's what this reporter says. Uh, Breitbart, London. London's police force says that over 1,000 officers are currently suspended or on restricted duties as the department steps up efforts to root out bad cops following a scathing report that found it was institutionally racist, homophobic, and misogynistic. The force has about 35,000 officers. The figures show 201 are suspended and about 860 are on restricted duties. You know what is so amazing is how stupid, not how stupid, but how stupid, like the stupid, is worshipped. No reason, no logic. In fact, I've talked about this before. How do you have a conversation with someone who has thrown out all logic and reason. What, what is there to talk about? And you've probably witnessed this. Maybe you've been a part of it. When you try to have a conversation with someone, a militant left person, uh, as soon as it gets too much for them, they're going to start yelling and calling you names. But I don't get how... How did we let ourselves be ruled by dumbasses? And I think we, we got lazy. You know, we're just a people, conservatives, that love our country, love our families, love our communities, and we just want to be left alone. But libs or democrats, that, that's not what they want. And they, they cry foul if Christianity is talked about in their circles. But where's their cry 
when their religion is shoved down our throats. Now this is from the publicsubstack.com by Alex Gutentag. It is safe for pregnant and breastfeeding women to get vaccinated against COVID-19, the CDC said. During, uh, says that they has vaccination uh, during pregnancy has benefits to the baby. There's no reason to worry, experts said, besides, because uh, injected mRNA stays in the arm. But now a pivotal new study published yesterday reveals that this was all a lie. You know what's really frustrating is when you hear people talk about, this is unprecedented. This has never been done before. This is outrageous. And all that can be true on paper, but in practicality, nothing's done about it. Nothing. Injustice is unchecked. I mean, this is uh, no, no better time than the present to get with God. Because you're going to need him. You're going to need some solid foundation as we continue forward. Devastating Rick's risks of transitioning to green energy. Mining for electric power minerals has left 23 million people exposed to toxic waste. 500,000 kilometers of rivers polluted and 16 million acres of farmland ruined. This is from the Daily Mail by Matthew Fallon. Tens of millions of people, more than, more than live in the entire state of Florida, are now exposed to toxic water runoff from metal mining, a new study has found. The report lays bare the devastating impacts that can follow a reckless transition to green energy, compounding the ecological damage wrought by over 150 years of drilling and mining for fossil fuels. The researchers found that 23 million people worldwide as well as 5.72 million in livestock, over 16 million acres of irrigated farmland, and over 297,800 miles worth of rivers have been contaminated by mining's toxic byproducts seeping into the water. According to the MIT Environmental Solutions Initiative, Green energy technologies like wind, turbines, and electrical cars often do require many more mined minerals than the present fossil fuels infrastructure. One electric car, for example, requires six times more metallic and mineral materials than a combustion engine car, MIT's university team reports. And a wind power plant requires nine times. Yeah, you can check that one out, too. Yeah, it's just amazing. Like I was saying, it's the worship of stupid, but not just worshiping it, following it, embracing it, running to it. And these young people are on board with it because they've been so effectively indoctrinated by these Marxist professors. Why is insanity embraced? I mean, of course, as Christians... We know that the real entity behind all this is, um, I don't know, maybe Satan and people like Charles Schwab and George Soros and Son, etc., etc., are just useful idiots for him. And this is all by design. 
but why is it so why is stupid embraced growing electric vehicle sales bring concerns over safety hazards toxicity toxicity infrastructure costs this is just news by Stephen Richards let's see EV or electric vehicle sales are up but that may come with unintended, if not lethal, consequences. EVs pose many problems that are not well known, including potentially dangerous conditions in commercial parking garages and the fire risks associated with lithium-ion batteries used by EVs. So you, we know what it takes to create an EV. The mining, we just read about the mining, the raping and mutilation of land that these leftist libs claim to love and want to protect and hug these trees. They're being destroyed. And once, I mean, like kind of like locusts, you know, once the mining comes in and comes through, it's over. The land is not usable again for anything. And it's so destructive. We talked about just the mining of it. It's creating these toxins. It's in the fields. It's in the air. It's in the water. And this doesn't even begin to touch on who is mining this stuff. These forced laborers, children, and they're burning through these laborers because they're dying from breathing this stuff. This is what we want. It's just asinine. I just don't understand it. Like having a conversation with like, you want to drive, let me get this straight, you want to drive 100 miles an hour into a retaining wall. Yeah, 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 that's exactly right. That's what I want to do. But what, do you understand what's going to happen? No, 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 it doesn't matter. We just have to, we have to do this. We have to do this. This is literally what it has come to. I don't know about you. I don't even know if I can say this. I guess I can. I mean, what led to the Civil War? What was the breaking point? What's going to be our breaking point? I don't know if this is the right attitude or not, but I guess I kind of want to get, go on, get, let's get on with the Civil War so that we can get this over with one way or another rather than just continuing to live this way. I mean, think of it like this. If you are nauseous, don't you want to just vomit and get it over with? Rather than being in this constant state of nausea? I know it's not, I mean, it, it's, it's an analogy, but not a good one, I guess. But I'm not advocating violence. I'm just thinking out loud. Anyway. Uh, fam flammability, so we're talking about these EVs in close proximity in these garage parking areas. Now, sometimes they have several tier levels of parking. So we, we just read about more metals are needed so that these EV cars are twice as heavy as a conventional car. So now we have these structures in place for parking that are not rated for the weight of these new EV cars. Plus we have the close proximity of EV cars like we do with conventional cars. But if the EV cars explode, they're extremely and more easily, more likely and readily capable of causing chain reaction. Flammability aside, EVs elicit concerns because of just how heavy they are compared to traditional internal combustion engines, or ICE. Wow, there's an acronym for everything. Internal combustion engine, ICE. 
vehicles. Many older parking garages were simply not built with the weight of modern cars in mind. Lithium-ion batteries that power new EVs account for a large portion of the weight discrepancy with traditional cars. For example, according to automotive trade journal Jobber News, an electric vehicle can weigh much more than its internal combustion engine counterpart. For example, the Ford F-150 Lightning can weigh two to 3,000 pounds more than the ICE version. Again, internal combustion engine vehicle. The battery of an electric GMC Hummer weighs approximately 2,900 pounds. The battery, 2,900 pounds. And what's 2,000 pounds? A ton. And so that is about the same as an entire 2022 Honda Civic conventional. The battery weighs more than a whole car. So we have an infrastructure that's not ready for this. This is a problem with following leftist, liberals, communist, Marxist. They come up with something and they push all in with it without looking down the road, without considering the costs. Now, when people start dying, I guess at some point, point, maybe you'll consider it. Uh, so, yeah, there's the fire hazard, commercial garages or tight quarters. In June, Siemens AG released a white paper. The report highlights two recent international garage fires, one in Liverpool, UK in 2017, and another at the Stavanger Airport in Norway in 2020 which both caused significant structural damage and loss of property. This danger could be amplified by electric vehicles. EVs react differently to fires. The lithium-ion batteries that power electric vehicles undergo what is known as quote-unquote thermal runway. Excuse me, thermal runaway. When they combust, making a fire in an EV extremely difficult to extinguish. EV battery fires can also reignite hours or days later. An EV battery fire releases the stored chemical energy causing a rapid increase in temperature. This results in an explosive combustion of the battery electrolyte vapor with intense heat and highly toxic smoke and can easily lead to multi-vehicle fires. So, there's the burden of water. Oh, let's save water, let's save water, let's save water. But now, with an EV being on fire, it's gonna require 100 times more use of water. Putting out an EV battery fire requires more water than a traditional fire because the reaction taking place in the battery cannot be stopped until the fuel is spent. So we're talking thousands of gallons for sometimes over a period of 24 hours. So we have the EVs. How are they helping the planet? So the EVs are raping, pillaging the planet, releasing toxins into the water, into the fields, into the lungs, the miners, and what they suffer. So that's a burden there. There's the water burden having to put one out. Now there's an insurance burden. The Wall Street Journal says that the average insurance cost for a traditional vehicle is $193 a month. But with an electric vehicle, it increases to $317 a month. That's a 64% increase. But we gotta make it, we gotta force it, everybody into it. Also, more expensive to repair 
because parts can cost more and there's fewer repair shops and labor costs for repairs. So there's not a big market for repairs of EV vehicles like there is for conventional vehicles. But this creates a financial burden. So we have a water burden, we have an insurance burden, which could also be a financial burden, and a straight up financial burden just maintaining the vehicle. It doesn't even count for what you're gonna pay to drive it off the lot. Uh, also, it's a better killing machine. CBS News reports that comparatively heavier EVs pose risks for passengers and lighter vehicles or pedestrians if involved in a crash. The laws of physics provide that in a crash between a heavier and a lighter vehicle, the forces exerted on the lighter of the two will be much greater, posing a greater risk of injury to life. So the Libs have built a, uh, a better killing machine, which is the EV vehicle, or the EV car. And so that's a burden on humanity, right? On our survival, human safety. Water burden, insurance burden, financial burden, a better killing machine, human safety. Anyway, it's just, again, running to stupid, embracing stupid. You remember the old days when we were free that uh, the market would dictate how the country moved, not the government? If people wanted EV cars, they were free to buy them. But people don't want them. They're more, or at least twice expensive, if not five times more expensive than the conventional vehicle more expensive to maintain. It's also a greater insurance burden in the sense that if the battery's damaged, the whole car, I think, has to be total. So let me ask you this. If this is going to be a greater burden on insurance companies, they're going to have to pass that burden on to us. So what if you don't drive an EV, but because insurance companies need to insure them, they're going to raise the rates on everyone so that we can help cover that. I just want to read this title. Almost half of young people still live with their parents under Biden economy. One more time. Almost half of young people still live with their parents under Biden economy. What else do I need to say about that? Thousands of troops live in quote unquote substandard barracks exposed to sewage, toxic water, diseases. The GAO reports. Remember what that stood for? Government Accountability Office. Thousands of U.S. service members live in barracks that are in substandard conditions, including exposed sewage and non-existent heating, as officials raise concerns about potentially serious safety and health risks that could impact military readiness, according to a new government agency report. The high-ranking service members at all 10 facilities visited the, quote, poor living conditions contributed to reduced productivity and work, had negative effects on training, or negatively affected perceptions about serving in the military, close quote. Heating, ventilation, and air conditioning systems were, quote, broken, malfunctioning, or non-existent, close quote. According to the report titled, Military Barracks, Poor living conditions undermine quality of life and readiness. Close quote. But we love our troops, right? 96% of pharmacy technician re technicians report drug shortages. Half of patients never get the medicines they need, says a survey. By Epic Times, George Citroner. Quote, drug shortages are affecting many areas of pharmacy practice. 
such as retail, compounding, and hospitals, close quote. Anthony Longo, a doctor of pharmacy and director of pharmacy at Northwell, Long Island, Jewish Forest Hills in Queens, New York. You can look that up. But what's the common denominator here? Under Democrat leadership, we are worse off. Crime is way up. Hundreds of thousands of Americans are dying every year from fentanyl. Open borders is a natural contribution to that. But open borders also increases human trafficking, human sex trafficking, slave labor. People are leaving blue states because it sucks under Democrat leadership. But the people leaving, do they understand that they voted for that stuff? If they're moving into your state, and maybe it's a red state, do they know they caused that? Where are people these days if they're not making this connection? Well, thanks so much for watching. Uh, please continue to reach out to us at the Greg and Dave Show at Outlook.com. The Greg Letter and Dave Show at Outlook.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your patience as we continue to work through these kinks of running a podcast. Until next time, stay safe and remember, I love you, man.